Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm going to take a moment just to read from your, uh, if you will, from the scripture on Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 through 19. I'm going to have you stay seated. I'm going to do this tonight because there's a lot of question in a lot of families' lives right now because so many people are being affected and have been affected by this this virus and sicknesses and disease. And I have never in my life experienced a moment that the church is in the middle of right now. Now, throughout history, there have been moments. Throughout history, there have been times where um, you can look it up, the Spanish flu. You can look up smallpox. You can look at different diseases that have hit the nation throughout the decades and centuries. And you'll find that every single time America or God's people, the church, however you want to categorize it, because I do believe America is what it is because of God. But God's people always come through because God never fails. So I want you to turn to somebody. I want you to look at them, whether you're at home or here. I want you to look at someone around you and tell them, God is bringing us through this. Everything will pass. Come on, turn around to somebody. Tell them, everything will pass. I'm going to bring you through and walk you through. And uh, if you get with us tonight, it won't be long. And you'll be able to get home and, and rest and and. Hopefully you can grab a hold of something tonight. So my prayer is that it's delivered with simplicity and love and wisdom. And if you want to take notes, that would be great because I'm going to give you plenty of scripture to go home and to study. We encourage every single time you come to write and take notes because we come to God's house to not just soak in his presence, but to get educated and continue learning. That's what discipleship is. So Genesis chapter 3, verses 9 through 19 in the New King James, it says this. Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice. This is Adam. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not? Now, I don't know if the tree was actually bad. I don't know if it was poisonous. I don't know. I I don't know what was so different about it. All I know is God commanded him not to. And anytime God places a commandment and we do the opposite, it doesn't work out for our good. And in this moment, We know what this portion of scripture is really trying to identify for us is that is that Adam and Eve failed. They sinned. But then verse 12 says, then the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Just like a man to turn around and blame it on his wife. I've done it before. They were all guilty of it. But things will change when the men step up and defend and live for God. How many of you pray that God raise up strong men in this hour to take the responsibility, to say, it was me, God, and nobody else? And so verse 13 says, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate, and so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, now he's speaking to the devil, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. Now this is a very strong indication because a lot of people think that the snake always was. But you see, on your belly, he cursed him beforehand. That tells us he had a different form. A snake may not have been a snake without legs before, but then he cursed him to be on his stomach. And he said, now that's something for you to pray about and think about. But recognize, he said, 
on your belly you shall go. Meaning he wasn't there before. And you shall eat dust all the days of your life. This is where we understand that now the devil lives in dry places. This is why we're supposed to keep a strong prayer life. And in case you don't know, the Old Testament is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. In other words, there are things that are there to help us understand what it means to live under a new covenant. All of the Old Testament leads us to the New Testament. And when we read this, he said, even more than every beast, he said, because you have done this, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and your seed and her seed. You notice he said the devil's seed? Seed represents children, a son. And the next verse, capital S, seed, I believe that was the prophetic word that God was given concerning his son, Jesus Christ. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception, meaning that it wasn't going to be that way before. He, she was probably going to be able to give birth without the pain. In pain, you shall, you shall bring forth children, meaning that that wasn't there before, but it had to be now because this is a product of what they had done. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall have rule over you. Jesus came and changed that lady, so don't worry about that. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree, which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Curses the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days. For, for he said, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field and the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. I want you to repeat after me God's original plan. God's original plan wasn't a curse. God's original plan was for us to prosper lived in favor, and to be in his presence without sin. Everyone say, God bless this message. The first thing I want to just kind of convey to you tonight is really a message, not a sermon. Again, as I said before, this is not for us to feel entertained but this is a message for everyone who has the question where is God why are all these things happening and everyone wants to blame somebody and particularly whether someone to admit it or not blame God when we leak when we lead our let the spirit of God lead us into the scripture and when we look at it and we begin to see how God dealt with Adam and Eve then we can understand our origin a lot better a lot better some people think that when you do read the Old Testament, such as creation and Genesis and the days that God had seven and then the six and how God created man and then the fall of man, and um, it is just kind of entertaining. But there is so much in that that pertains to our life right now in Christ Jesus. And the takeaway from this portion of Scripture that I gave you is recognize and, and highlight it later for everything that Jesus, I mean, that, that Adam, the first Adam, because of what he had done and everything that God, everything that God had begun to tell them was nothing more than a result of them going against his commandment. The definition of that would be just simply called sin. Sin is a product of not following God, not being led by God, but entertaining our own desires and going against his commandments. Many years ago, I believe it was in the 90s and even before then, there was a doctrine, I believe, and we talked about this briefly and 
one of our semester lessons. And, and many years ago, there were ministries that, that were writing books and people were teaching on the dispensation of grace, taking the grace of God. And I believe, and I don't say this with any kind of religious uh, uh, connotation or any type of resentment towards anybody or anyone, but I believe that the grace of God was really, really misunderstood for what it really is and what it can do. But it was, it was began to be represented by people all around the nation and the world as the right and the license to go and live and do what we want. That it's okay because we're all sinners and no matter how bad you are, no matter what you do, there are no consequences because Jesus took it on the cross. Because Jesus took our sin and he became the sinner. The more we look at this, the more we understand the new birth and understand the new covenant, even under those circumstances, under the old covenant, the Old Testament, that wasn't the case. God still required them to obey the law. But under a, under a new covenant, God said they didn't keep it, just the law wasn't good enough, so now I'm going to write my laws on their hearts. I'm going to put his, my spirit inside of them, and I'm going to cause them to follow my commandments without them ever really. If you, if you really look at it, if you know someone that has ever been saved and born again, and you've seen them have an experience with God, isn't it amazing that maybe they're not, the, the, they're not really educated in the scriptures, but they start obeying the scriptures without reading certain portions? Because something on the inside begins to work and begins to develop them and begins to grow them. And this is where deliverance comes forth. And this is what really it means to be free from Christ is to be free from sin. I, I, I'm just simply stating here tonight that a lot of the reasons why we are in trouble is because of the sin in the nation. Not because of anything God has done. Not anything the devil has done because the truth is is that the biggest threat to Adam and Eve was not the devil it was their own decisions and that still stands the same for you and I today is that the devil's not our biggest threat our biggest threat is ourselves um, even it was said about Jesus that Jesus came to set us free from our enemies really meaning set us free from our own sins and because that happened and it took place, that sin is what separated humanity from God. Beforehand, they had innocence, purity. We call it holiness. Holiness is a state that comes from a relationship with God and walking with God on a daily basis. That comes from a desire to obey God's spirit, his word, and therefore it, it, it equals what we would call his righteousness. And walking in his paths and the, the, being led by the spirit result in holy living. And it really is simple. As long as God would come out and be able to meet with Adam then they had a connection, and he had influence. And there was something there that helped him govern, that helped him for his assignment. You see, you have to understand something that it was very important how Adam lived his life because he was the first man, and he was the first individual that God had given land to, that God had given authority to, that God had empowered him, and he said, everything you see, Adam, and I paraphrase, it, it's yours. You're, you're going to be over every animal. You're going to be given every fruit, every veg all the vegetation, all things, and, and they belong to you for food, and I'm going to cause you to rule over everything, and you name them. Name them all. They're yours. And as long as he would stay in the good graces of God, and as long he was able to, if he was able to maintain that relationship, everything would begin to work. But because of one act, 
But because of one act, and I'm going to say one bite, God comes in and says, because that happened, here are the consequences. And even though he cursed the devil, what actually took place was a transfer of power. In that one moment, what actually took place, Adam was the first king. If you understand dominion, and he told Adam, have and take dominion, that's king talk. That's royalty. That's empowerment talk. But because he stepped outside the grace of God, the power of God, the favor of God, the spirit of God, disobeyed his commandment, he was separated from God and also his calling. And separated from his authority. And separated from the favor. This is why he said to him, for you, Adam, now by the sweat of your brow, in other words, it's going to take hard work, and you're going to now experience Every negative thing that my spirit was doing in your territory because my spirit was maintaining your crops. My spirit was keeping every animal at bay. My spirit was causing the lion and the lamb to be at peace. Almost sounds like the book of Revelation, doesn't it? There, was, there wasn't any kind of issue beforehand, but now you're going to see thorns and thistles. You're going to have to deal with the snakes. You're going to have to deal with now your wife is going to have children, but, but because she took a bite, now she's going to bring forth children in pain. Which tells me, which should tell all of us, that pain wouldn't have been there had they not taken a bite. So when you look at it very closely, pain came into the world because of sin. Trouble came into the world because of sin, not the devil. We can't give him too much credit. And I simply state that because we can't empower him to make him look like more than what he really is. He is not that big. He's not bigger than God. He's not more powerful than God. But God is great and God is mighty and God is all and everything that we could ever imagine him to be. God can, God will, and God shall. Somebody say amen. amen. And so when you look at every one in the lineage, when you go and you, have you ever wondered why Adam, uh, um, Matthew wrote the genealogy from Adam all the way to Mary? And why everybody's name who you can't pronounce is in there? You ever wonder why that is there? If you look through the DNA and the lineage and you find out the history of most of those who were in the bloodline, there were imperfections. But there were stories. Every one of them had to fight. Every one of them had to overcome weaknesses. Every one of them had to battle. Every one of them had a story. Every one of them were pursued, but it seemed like they all fell short. But until Jesus came, and until Jesus arrived on the scene, then we began to see a different type of king. We look at a different type of ministry. We look at a different type of authority. No one, in fact, the scripture says no one had ever heard a man talk like Jesus. No one had ever seen anyone like Jesus perform the miracles. No one had ever seen a man take mud, put it on another person's eyes, and blind eyes open. No one had ever seen Jesus in the way he presented himself to Lazarus at his funeral and said, Lazarus, come forth. Two words that brought him out of the... No one. There was nobody like Jesus. Jesus was not just a man. Jesus was the Son of God, the very God in flesh. 
manifested in this world. Great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. That's who Jesus was. Jesus wasn't just a man. He was God-man. He was God in Christ. He was Christ, the anointing. He was the Messiah. He was everything that the prophets said he would be. Nevertheless, according to Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type, who is a type of him, everyone say him be Jesus, who was a type of Jesus who was to come. 1 Corinthians 15 and 22. For as in Adam all die. That's why we have death. That's why we have sickness. That's why we have disease. What about all the other stuff? Some of that stuff is just a product of sin. Some of that stuff is just people. I'm going to say something. Maybe a pastor shouldn't say it like this, but somebody has to say it. Sometimes you just can't fix stupid. If that offends you, get over it. Because the truth is, there's a lot of dumb things going on in the world, and it's not God. It's just flesh. It's just humanity. Now, I want, you to, I want you to watch this. 1 Corinthians 15, it says, For in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 15 and 45. Listen to what it says. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. But the last Adam became a giving, life-giving spirit. Jesus was the second Adam that came to restore what the first Adam lost. That's the point I want you to remember. Jesus came to restore what Adam lost. And where we can find communion with God in the coldness of the day and where we can find our innocence again and where we don't have to hide from God is in the blood of Jesus, in the presence of God, in the spirit of his holiness. We call it the kingdom of God. That's what we went over this past weekend. The synonyms for the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of favor, the spirit of wisdom. Everything that you can relate to and when it comes to God's immunization into the world and working with humanity is through the spirit of God. But the only reason we've got the spirit available to all of us is because the second Adam came and he came up there and he went up on, a, on his own wheel to the old rugged cross. And through the cross, when he cried out and said, the debt is paid, it is finished, Eli, Eli, Sabachthani, he said, my father, my father, why hast forsaken me? We know now he was forsaken for us. He was wounded for us. He was, they went through as a transgressor for you and I. And then the veil was rent into two. And that signified what was in a room all by itself before and only privileged to one man. One man by the name of Christ Jesus became a high priest going into the presence of God carrying his own blood. And now the spirit of God would be dispersed upon all humanity. And now we would have access. Back to what Adam lost. Back until what Adam lost. Adam lost it, but Jesus restored it. Adam lost it, but Jesus found it. And here's a secret for somebody in case you're wondering how to be found. You just got to be lost. 
That's all it is. See, most people don't think they're lost. Most people don't think that they need God. But once you realize, I'm lost, I need God, he'll find you if you call out on his name. If you call out on the name of Jesus, he said if anybody will just mention his name, he'll come to you. He'll come to you. Jesus and the apostles knew of the restoration. They knew exactly what was fixing to happen, and they began to encourage the church and their disciples, in Jesus' case, in many instances. In fact, I'm not going to uh, put these scriptures up there, but if you want to write them and jot them down, please do so and go home and look them up. Are you ready? The first scripture is John 12 and 31. Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. That's what Jesus said. Remember I told you what actually happened in the Garden of Eden? There was a transfer of power. God did not give Satan power, but by default, sin separated Adam from the authority, and then the devil himself inherited it because it was dropped. He fumbled. Adam fumbled. The devil picked it up. And from that point on, only by acts, religious acts of sacrifice was humanity ever to keep the connection with God and stay in the favor of God but never feel God like they did. Lost. But what it means is, and I'm going to give you this next scripture. I'm going to help you. Jesus, the Lord is going to help us understand what it means. John 14 and 30. John 14 and 30. Jesus said, the ruler of this world approaches. He said, but he has no power over me. You see, what Jesus was really saying, he was speaking as a second Adam. He said, the first Adam messed up, but I'm not going to drop the ball. Mm-mm. You see, that, that, that's, and, and listen, I, I was talking to my wife before church, and sometimes God just gives me a thought, and I just kind of blood it out, you know. You just kind of blah, just say it out. She hears a lot of little mini sermons, and, and I give them to her, but I was talking to her, and I said, you know, what's amazing is, what's really amazing is the fact that, that, that God said, I'm going to send another Adam. But you see, the first Adam was influenced by his wife, but this second Adam can't be influenced by anybody, and it, he's going to come into this world without sin. There's no way the devil can ever get him to sin, and, and, and his wife is going to be not just one person. It's going to be a conglomeration of many people. So united we stand, but divided we fall. So if somebody wants to eat of the tree, let them eat of the tree. That doesn't mean you have to eat of the tree, because this time around, Jesus is going to have a, a wife, and and they're going to make it together. We're going to always live in eternity with him. And we are forever going to be with God. And there's nothing that the devil can do. And when he takes one out, that's all right. There's another one popping up over here. There's another one being born again. There's another one delivered. There's another one filled. There's another one just got educated, just got a revelation. They know who Jesus is. They know the power of the spirit of God. I'm telling you, there's nothing that the devil can do to stop what God has planned and we are greater than any problem, than any sickness, because of who's inside of us. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, Satan, Paul said, who is the God of this world? See, we don't, we don't want to think about that, but unless you learn this, it won't drive you to pray. A lot of people say God is in control, not if you're not praying. God isn't in control of any area of your life if you're not praying. It doesn't work that way. You have to understand. God restored his kingdom back to the second Adam, and the second Adam put it inside you and I. But the only way to release it is to have dominion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something to think about and pray about. Remember how he told the second, the first Adam? He said, everything that comes out of the ground, you're going to have to sweat and toil for. 
everything that you get out of the ground. You're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. If you look at that portion of scripture and it identifies the thorns, the thistles, and everything that was coming up to choke out whatever was going to grow, that is a direct parallel to the parable Jesus said about the good ground and the seed being sown. And the only thing that can cause seed not to grow is dry ground. And where does the devil work? In dry places. Even people who say they're Christians, if they don't pray, they're dry. You can't just say I'm a Christian and you're not a Christian just because you come to church. You are a Christian if you are a worshiper and a follower of Jesus Christ and you have a walk with him. And the only way you can walk with him is to read his. I'm going to be very simple with you is to read his word daily and talk to him daily. That's it. But You see, we have to pray. Isn't it funny how he didn't tell Adam, your greatest enemy is going to be the devil that de deceived you or your wife that deceived you? Which Isn't it funny how now in this day and age that we're living in, it's almost a di direct correlation? The things that Adam was defeated by is the same thing men are defeated by. That's why, man, you got to walk with him. you got to talk with him. You've got to stay close to him. And God will guard your heart and God will guard your mind and God will keep your spirit. Yes, you can walk with a life free of pornography. Yes, you can live a life that's free from alcohol and drugs. Yes, you can live a life that's free from jealousy, hatred, insecurities. Bad luck, what we call luck, we don't believe in luck. We believe in the blessings and the favor of God. We believe that prayer opens up the door. We believe that the more you pray, the more you stay intact with him. The more you worship, the more you praise, the more you experience the goodness of God. But it takes work. That's why prayer is a work now. I got to tell you, prayer is work. But the more you work in prayer, the more you enjoy prayer. The more you feel God, the more you become addicted to it. The more you just feel like every day you wake up, man, I can't wait to get back in the presence of God. Man, I can't wait to get back in his presence. He's addicting. I got more scripture. I got more scripture. Help me, Lord. Huh. Ephesians 6. And 12, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil spiritual rulers and authorities and against mighty powers in this dark world. So what I am trying to tell you is that even though the devil and Satan is the God of this world, which, by the way, small g, God, small g, That is not to say that the world is completely ruled by the devil. Because there are pockets and regions that God has established embassies. <laughs> if you've never been around here, you'll understand it later. But we teach that embassies is anywhere God's people live and anywhere they come together. This is God's Senate chamber. The church is the headquarters that God gives instruction to his ambassadors. And when we go out, we walk in a different authority. And we carry a different authority. Does anybody believe in the kingdom of God in this place? When you understand the kingdom of God, you know who you are. Yeah, we're the sons of God. Yeah, we're blood. Royal blood does flow through our veins. But in the government of God, we are somebody and we do have authority in the name of Jesus. But if you want to see your world change, you got to pray. you got to stay away from sin and things that will cause your own flesh to stumble and to fall and to fail. But how do you overcome that? Here's how you do it. You overcome an addiction by repenting of it and getting addicted to something else. There is no other way. I don't know who that's for, but you're welcome.
Put an offering in the offering plate. Bucket. It does not mean that God is in, isn't in control. He is in control of the regions and the churches that have learned the secret of his governing power and know how he functions. When the church comes together, the devil is afraid of a praying church. The devil is afraid of a praying man and a praying woman. The devil is afraid of a praying family. The devil can't touch a praying family. Witches and warlocks cannot put curses and hexes on God's people when they're covered by the blood. And if you think for one moment, and I'm not trying to get weird and scary. I know Halloween's around the corner. And if you think for one reason, for one moment, that there aren't witches in this city, you are wrongly mistaken. There's a lot of so-called white witches and there are black witches. There are all kinds of people that believe in evil powers because it's easier. There's no discipline. They just simply have to do rituals and sin and surrender. But God's people follow him because they're in love with him. They've been forgiven by him. And they've learned the discipline and the art of prayer. And they've learned how to discipline this flesh and tell this flesh, not today. We're going to worship God. Not today. We're not going to stay home and watch friends. We're we're not going to stay home and watch The Office. We're not going to stay home and watch Netflix. We're not going to stay home and order a movie. We are going to go to the house of God, and we're going to worship him whether you like it or not. And you've got to drag yourself sometimes, but you'll be like David when you find out the secret, and you'll say what he said. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. The Bible says Satan has power over the world, but we must remember God never gave him dominion over believers. Just the spiritual atmosphere is what he took from Adam. That's why he was called the prince of the power of the air. Look it up, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Look it up. When Paul was writing the Ephesian church, he was writing them for a good reason. If you remember in the book of Acts, it was through the upper coast of Ephesus that Paul walked and saw every tombstone and they wrote to the unknown God. They were worshiping other gods, trying to get to the real God. They had pagan worship. They had idols. And Paul, in, his, in the wisdom God gave him, he said, I noticed the inscription that you wrote to the unknown God. And Paul said, today I'm going to tell you who he really is. No more guessing. So that region dealt with a lot of witchcraft, a lot of evil. So he had to teach them and help them understand. And that's why he talked to them and told them from a heavenly perspective. And what really takes place, he said that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. The spiritual environment has been taken over and men have begun to worship devils. But when the church of Ephesus was planted, that was what I call, I believe the church is a disruptor. Does anybody know what a disruptor is? A disruptor is any system or anything that can totally knock the momentum of anything that has movement and building up power. A disruptor is something that comes and pulls the plug. A disruptor is something that comes and trips the breaker. A disruptor is something that comes in and ruins your day. When God planted the church through the apostle Paul in Ephesus, he ruined the day of every devil that was in that region. Because God put a church there. And God was going to raise an army there. And God be, was going to teach them how to war there. He was going to teach them how to live there. Teach them how to worship there. And every time I believe it, every time they came together, every time they worshiped God, every time they were praying in the spirit, every time they congregated together, and they all were in agreement with the word of God and with the spirit of God, they were disrupting the atmosphere. They were now delivering people from spiritual influence in that region now families were coming to God people were giving their life to Christ 
things were transpiring, and that's how it works. If we're going to see this reason change, the church has to begin to pray consistently. You cannot wait for the pastor to tell you to pray. You don't have to wait for your mama to tell you to pray. You don't wait for your wife to get on you to pray. You can't wait for your husband to look at you and call you to prayer. You've got to make up in your own mind enough is enough, and I'm not going to lose out of my blessings in my life. I'm going to start walking with God like I should walk with God. I'm going to start talking with God like I should talk with God. I'm going to start a communion with him, and the devil's not going to stop it. And the last point is this. Come on, Haley. The real cause of trouble in this world is sin, not the devil. It's sin. When we choose to do it and choose that over God, we just have now opened up a door. If you're the only one saved in your home, I mean, listen, the moment somebody says, forgive me, Jesus, salvation comes upon them. But if they continue to sin or live a certain lifestyle, then it's going to take the blood again. But when you have the spirit of Christ, the scripture says the spirit, the water, and the word agree as one. In 1 John. In John. And I, and I want you to know that when you walk in the spirit, you're protected by the blood. But the moment we choose to ignore and walk into sin, you see, it's, I, I recognize, I know why there's a lot, of, a lot of people probably not preaching sin anymore hardly because in their eyes it's not the way to grow a church. <laughs> it's not a way to get the funds to go up. But in my book, which is the Word of God, I read it and I say and I look at things and I say, you know what? That, that, that's not right because when you cause people to follow after God and you tell them the truth with love and passion there's no degrading in this tonight there, there's no putting anyone down there's no this is a no judgment zone uh, if, if anybody feels judged it's, it's, it's not coming from me it's not coming from your neighbor it's coming from your own conscience but there is a God who say I did not come to the world to judge the world but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly and God has a better option for us and God God is simply trying to tell us if we'll tell the truth and we'll be plain and simple about it and love people and pray and let God anoint us like he anointed Jesus, then lives will be changed and we can shift the atmosphere and no, no telling what God will do when we begin to pray consistently and come together that I'm here to tell you the bad things that occur in our life many times will be stopped. The plans and the, and the strategies of the enemy will be halted. Things that the enemy wanted to do to evil, God, you know what he'll do? Even if you're in the middle of it, God will take it and turn around for your good because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. In other words, no matter what happens and no matter what he throws our way, we still win. We still win. Paul said to be absent in the body is to be forever with the Lord. So no matter what happens, we are always going to win. But you can't give up. And you can't blame God and you can't get discouraged because things don't go our way. I'm here to tell you, if you're a child of God and you are bought by the blood and you are walking in the presence of God and you have a relationship with him, you're not just saying, I'm a Christian. You're not just carrying a bumper sticker on your car. You're not just putting on Facebook, sharing, uh, like if you love Jesus and share. You are literally talking with him in private. You you are spending time with him and put him in your schedule. You have now reworked and reorganized your entire life to fit his schedule. And you are walking with him. I'm here to tell you there is nothing that the devil can throw at you. There is nothing that can happen in this world. There is nothing that God won't do to come through. And even if you fall, and even if we die, and even if we seem to lose, behind the scenes just like Jesus they thought that they were crucifying someone that was just a prophet 
But the scripture says, had they known that he was a son of God, they would have never had crucified him because they couldn't and they didn't know who he was and what he had. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that there is more in you than you know. There is someone inside of you greater than this problem and this pandemic and the death in this world. You've got God on the inside. You've got the Holy Ghost. You have the Spirit of God. You have the name of Jesus. There is nothing too, God, too hard for God to do. Ha. Oh. You see, you see, Jesus has been tested. Jesus has been tested and proven. You know, you know your device, your phone, you know your phone, your devices, they've all been tested. It's called, it's called quality, quality assurance. Quality control. They've all been tested. The chairs you were sitting on, they were weight tested, thank God. The clothes you have on, they were tested. The faulty ones are sent to stores like Ross, praise the Lord. But Jesus walked in this world without sin. Write it down, Luke 4, 5 and 8. Listen, watch this. Then the devil took him up, Jesus, during the 40 days after his baptism, after the Spirit descended upon him, he went into the wilderness to be tested. But the scripture says the Spirit led him there. You know why God leads us into times like we're in right now? So he can get the glory and so you and I can experience what it means to grow spiritually and to be tested. Because if you can't, if you can't be tested and if you, if you can't be tested, you can't be trusted. The devil took him up and revealed him all the kingdoms of the world. Listen. The devil revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said, I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms and authority over them. Why? Because he had that authority and has it. So don't get all frazzled because you see a rapper with some chains and some ice on their hands. Don't get all don't get all worked up because they're driving a $100,000 whip. I don't even know. I'm going to hear from my kids after service, but I hope I got those terms right. And a lot of them give credit to God, and I thank God for that. But was it really God? Or are they living a life behind the scenes that's pleasing to someone else? Only God knows. But you can't judge somebody based on the jewelry they have on and the house they live in and the car that they drive. That's wrong. That's not God. That's not God. But I tell you how we would be judged by God based on the things that you can't see because the reward is greater in heaven than it is here on the earth. And I do believe in, I do believe that God prospers, but I believe it's a matter of stewardship and permission. That's another whole series in semester. But listen to what the devil said. I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms and authority over them. And the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. And I will give it all to you if you will worship me. You think no one else has ever heard that whisper and that phrase before in their ear? A lot have. And that's what we're dealing with today. What is that? Do you not remember what I read you? The seed of the devil himself will be at war with the seed, capital S. You know, God has sons, a son who lives in many sons, one son living in us. But the devil has people too. And there's a constant conflict there, constant. There are people who minister for Jesus and people who minister for the dark side. It's there. Jesus replied, the scripture says, 
you got to start reading your Bible again. That's all I'm telling you tonight. we got to start reading our Bible again like it is minerals and vitamins and good for our spiritual immunity. We have to begin to get spiritually strong again and taking in the Word of God because Jesus himself said, the Word of God, the Scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and only serve him. And at that moment, the devil left him. He had no authority because Jesus had something on the inside. And God said, not this time. My word will be fulfilled. There will be enmity between the devil and my son. But my son will win. My son will become king. And his throne will be forever. And his kingdom will be forever. And he will be an everlasting kingdom. And all authority and all power is given unto him. You see, that's how the devil lies. He'll tell you a half-truth. Everything already belonged to Jesus. You see, that's what he did to Eve. They were already like God. If you eat of the fruit, you become like God and know all faith. They already were like God. A half-truth, a lie. If you worship me, I'll give you all the kingdom. They already belong to him. Don't let anybody or anything or any emotion or any devil try to convince you that they can give you something more than what God can. Just because of what you see on the outside. Don't think for one moment that everything you're looking at is better than God. Because I'm here to tell you that there is something greater that God has for us. There are riches in heaven. There's eternity with him. We have authority in Christ. And your life matters. No matter what you're doing, no matter where you're going, you need to remember all the time that God's original plan for you and I was to make sure that he had a family, that he had kings, that he had royalty, that he had sons, that we had authority, and that we take dominion over our area of life. You aren't just somebody. You are God's representative in this world. Don't let the bad get you down. Don't let the bad news get you down. Turn off the television. Stop watching Fox. Stop watching CNN. Stop watching all those channels that are getting in your spirit and get back in the word of God and let yourself be encouraged by the Lord. Somebody lift up your hands and give him praise tonight. Come on all over the place. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.